best of Sean Hannity is on now. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin yang, come along. Every single day, reality calls. And the Biden administration just hangs up. You know, the C in RNC doesn't stand for committee. It stands for cult. It's not the Republican National Committee. It's the Republican National Cult. This is a story of a country that got through this pandemic by being united. And a few people shouting and waving swastikas does not define who Canadians are. Freedom is back in style. Welcome. The revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind the scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of The Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 188. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, a number you want to be a part of the program. You know, I never thought we'd have a president of the United States as Joe Biden. Well, forget about the Uyghur minority uh, uh, persecution that's going on in, in China and forced labor camps in China. And Joe Biden says, well, they just have different norms than us. And I think probably even worse than that, if you can outdo that, is Nancy Pelosi telling our athletes not to protest in China. You better be quiet. They may get mad at you and everything. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. That's really the land of the free and the home of the brave. All right, joining us now, Herschel Walker. He is running for the U.S. Senate from the great state of Georgia. He's a friend of mine. I've endorsed him. He would be a phenomenal senator as well as, of course, NFL uh, player. Uh, he's been playing football, probably the best running, one of the best running backs uh, of all time in the game of football. Even, by the way, did mixed martial arts. He even was a former bobs, uh, bobsledder and sprinter, knows a lot about the Olympics. And he represented the United States as an athlete in the 1992 Winter Olympics. And was one of he says it was one of the proudest moments of his life. Um, he had the honor of being part of, of the official U.S. delegation to the Torino Games in 2006. And as a former Olympian and U.S. delegate, he's seen firsthand the hard work, dedication it takes to compete, and would not want to punish athletes by a boycott. Uh, but yet he says the leaders, our leaders, are attempting to silence our athletes and completely letting the communist Chinese government off the hook. The day before the opening ceremony in Beijing, he cited Nancy Pelosi warning our athletes not to risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government by speaking honestly about China. He said, I asked myself, what is she hoping to accomplish? Why is she saying this now? Anyway, Herschel Walker joins us now. Uh... By the way, you've set up a really cool web uh, team Herschel website. I just saw it. It was pretty cool. Well, thank you, Sean. And, and anyone that want to continue 
continue to uh, contribute to my campaign because I'm going to win this seat, get America back to some normalcy, and I'm glad you played that because that was totally, totally, uh, I didn't understand it, and I'm not sure whether she's saying it for China or saying it for the U.S. because why would you uh, award a country like China that brought a pandemic on the world the Olympics? And I think it's sad, and yet when you do award them with the Olympics, why are she making a speech like that when they continue to do a lot of business with China? So was it for China or was it for our athletes? And then yet we didn't even send a delegation over to represent our athletes. They're here safe, and she's wanting our athletes to be quiet. Well, I don't get it because that doesn't sound like the land of the free, the home of the brave, uh, and and the courage of Americans that uh, tend to speak out for people that can't speak out for themselves. Um, well, Sean, think about this. Did you want the athletes not to uh, kneel for the American anthem or to kneel for the flag of America? You know, we're, we're a great country, but yet you have all the things going on in China with the slave labor and everything going on there, and she's telling all the athletes not to speak out against that. But what about speaking out to for against one of the greatest countries in the world. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you were at these Olympics, would you speak out? Well, you know, I, I, would, I would continue to be proud to be at the Olympics, but I would be respectful, and, and I'm not sure, and that's what I, I – that's, that's that was a very tough question for me at first because I, the question I would ask is why would we uh, award uh, you know, China with the Olympics. They, it could have been moved. You know, they moved the All-Star game within a couple of weeks by uh, the voting thing. Well, you're going to tell me right now you're not going to move the Olympics with so much that's going on there that, they, you know, this pandemic has hurt the world. It didn't just hurt the United States. It hurt the world. And yet we uh, they, they're doing opening ceremonies and showing putting uh, China on display at this great great place. Well, it's not. So whether I would have went, I, it would have been a tough decision because I do have a team. But I think I would have spoke out. I think I had to speak out because you know I believe I love the Lord Jesus, and the things that's going on in China is not right. And I think it'll be it would get my been against my religion not to speak out. That's the reason I decided to run. People think I'm running to put a feather in my cap. I'm not running for that. I'm running because of all the inflation, all the terrible crime that is picked up in this state, and, and not just in the state of Georgia, but in this country that people are not seem to stand up and fight against. You know, I look at what's going on, and I look at who's getting hurt the most. I, I've, I've been spending a lot of time on the economy. I mean, but if you look at every aspect of American life, we have one leading economist now saying this 40-year high higher than even last month um, is now he says inflation is now over 10 percent if we use the calculation methods that were used by the labor department in 1990 um, Biden is Biden's inflation is nearly twice as high as worker wage gains uh, then you look at the price of the pump every item we buy in every store we go to heating and cooling our homes is costing a fortune more uh, it's it's sadly disproportionately negatively impacting the poor and the middle class. They can't afford this. Um, you look at the borders are a disaster. You look at energy prices are artificially high because of Joe's disastrous energy policies of, of eliminating energy independence and exploration and drilling in the Keystone XL pipeline and more. Uh, then you look at them on foreign policy. 
I, I see nothing but failure all around the world, and I see that our allies are scared to death, and I see that our enemies are emboldened. I've never well, seen it this bad, Herschel, and, uh, you know, I've, uh, this is not my first rodeo. I've been doing this a little while. Well, it's going to get worse until we start putting the right people in office that's going to change it, that's going to say the buck stops here. And that's what I've been saying. Guys, I'm sick of it. I'm not going to let them do that. I own a business. I don't spend more than I make. And most of all, I'm not going to spend things on on, on frivolous uh, things. You know, you look at this, this infrastructure bill, and it's on trees. You know, uh, it's on climate control. Yeah, yeah, we do need to fix our roads and bridges and different things like that. But when you start putting a lot of these social programs into this bill and spending all this money on that, money we don't even have. I think that's a sad. That's coming from the taxpayer. I hope everybody realizes that. That's coming from the taxpayer. And then when he leave us, we're not energy independent no more. And I try to explain that to someone. I said, guys, from my business, I own a business, and I'm not trying to make any more money than I was making before. But I cannot pay more for the gas without passing it on to my customer. I don't want to give him more money. The feed I'm having to pay for, you know, I go to this store now, and the shelves are bare. There's no food on the shelf. And you're talking about what is going on. The supply line is, is, you know, is drying up. And I want the people to know that, that we cannot continue to go like this. And what we have to do is get those people out of office. We have to get them out of office. And I'll tell you what's so slick about what's going on. I hate to say the left. They would say something. You heard this about the crack pipe. That is totally true. They made a statement that they were going to show uh, uh, racial equity by giving people a crack pipe. And I'm like, why don't you give people, like, rehabilitation? Instead of trying to keep them down, why don't you help to lift them up by saying, I want to get them off of that, instead of giving people a crack pipe to keep them down? And that's what they want to do. The government want to continue to give you something to keep you down on your knees rather than helping you to get back up on your feet. I, I cannot for the life of me understand, because if you're doing crack, if you're doing meth, if you're doing heroin, you're basically committing suicide. Why would why why would one tax dollar be used in any way to aid, abet, and assist in that suicide? Uh, if you're going to spend the money, and I'm not sure they would not be. I I don't trust government to do or run anything efficiently. They bankrupted Social Security, Medicare. They can't keep law and order and people safe and secure in in lots of big cities all across the country. Obamacare promises were a disaster as well. Our schools in many places are an utter disaster. And so now we're going to trust them to what? Uh, administer any type of, of counseling? Uh, what? And in San Francisco, they're actually proposing that everybody adopt a homeless person. The first person I want to see adopting is Nancy Pelosi. John, I'll tell you what's even worse about that. And I, I, I said, I want people to stop and think about this. And making that statement about the crack pipe, what they talk about is they say, hey, we're going to make it racial equity. That means they do all people, black people smoke crack. And with the ID, they're making it like all black people are smart enough to get an ID. It's like all this is about separation. It's about separation all the time. That's seeing what they want to do. And then when, when the people speak out, they walk it back a little bit and say, oh, no, we really didn't mean that. No, you did mean that. You said that. You know, it's just like when I heard the statement about electing a black Supreme Court justice. Yeah, why don't you elect someone who is qualified for the job? I'm not saying a black person won't be qualified. They're qualified. Elect them. But you don't have to tell us whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Asian. Just elect the person that is qualified and quit bringing race involved in it. Race is only to try to separate people. 
All right, quick break. More with Herschel Walker as we continue, and then we'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN. Continue with Georgia senatorial candidate Herschel Walker. You know, one of the things you told me when you first announced is that you don't care if a person's a Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, that you're you you are going into every single crevice and corner within the great state of Georgia and you want to meet every person and you want to tell them what you why you're running and why this is important to you. How is how has that message gone over when you've been in, say, more predominantly Democratic uh, areas of Atlanta? That message is going over well because the people of Atlanta know that I represent all the people. I don't just represent a party, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or independent. I represent you all, and that's what I've been trying to get the people to see, and I think they know that. They're showing that through the poll number. They're going to show that when I get to the election, that Herschel Walker is what he does, what he says, he say what he do. And that's the way I've always lived. You know, I'm not in this for a feather in my cap. I see that there's a problem, and I want to fix the problem, not just talk about the problem and continue to kick that can down the road. I hear that all the time. People want to kick the can down the road because they don't want to finish the task. I'm here to finish this task. That means to get people back to work. That means to become energy independent again, get the kids back in school. You know, we got to educate our young people right over the world. And I can tell you right now, the United States of America is the greatest country in the world, and we can keep it that way by putting the right people in the office that's going to stand up against all these terrible things, that they're, the policies that they're making right now, which is against the United States of America. And, Sean, we got a Super Bowl coming up. And I'm like, that's the only place you're going to go where you're going to see people. It doesn't matter about your skin color. They're going to be having a great time. They're going to have a wonderful time. You're going to see two teams step out there and play. you got some players from Georgia on those teams. They ain't going to worry about whether you're white and black. They're going to go out there and win a football game and have a good time. All right. Who are you predicting? Where's your prediction? Hey, do not put me on that spot. And people get mad because I won't <laughs> no, answer. Well, it, look I at am, the bright side. It's not the, it's not the Falcons. Well, and I know we're, we're not talking not, about the. I know you're the biggest. From you know, Georgia on both of those teams, Sean. I got players <laughs> on. I got players from the Rams on, and I. Yeah. And I'm not going to select one over the other, but I can tell you what. All I'm right. So what you're saying to me is you're pulling for the players on the Georgia Bulldogs team where you played, or Georgia players in general. You're you're pulling for them. Period. Pulling for them, I want to see them do well because you know what they're, they're like. They're my family. And Have I, you talked I, to any of them? Team of my family, but Joe Burrow is my family too. You know he's a Heisman Trophy winner. So you mm-hmm. ask me who I'm pulling for? I'm pulling for it to be a great game. I'm happy that these two teams are in the playoffs. You know, for Joe Burrow to go in as early he's going in now, Matthew Stafford, who I've seen since he was young. I saw him play in high school. Then he goes to the University of Georgia. Sonny Michelle. Well, let me ask you this. When you're watching the football game, is there a part of you that wishes you were still playing? Uh, No, no, no. Sean, I'm going to mention something right here. I'm going to tell you this, and I probably wouldn't have said this if you had interviewed me a month ago. What I'm doing right now is the best thing I've ever done in my life. It is the best thing I've ever done in my life because I go into these 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 places and meet with young people and talk to the people and stuff, and I give them hope. 
I give them hope because they see what's going on in this country, and they're afraid, they're scared. You know, uh, the other day I spoke to people about mental health, and, and people, I had a young lady crying to me how I helped her. I help her to feel better. I give her hope. So I, I tell people that people that are taking these pot shots and think that they can go out and go after me and stuff, and I said, bring it on because I'm doing something that I'm, I, I'm helping people now to feel better, and that's what God has put me here. So I told them to bring it because the harder you come, the harder I'm going to fight. And I told people this a long time ago, Herschel Walker can fight, and I'm going to fight for this country right now. So I tell them to bring it on because they've never seen me fight. They can fight behind the pen, but you know what? I'm fighting for the people. Listen, I've done. I've, I've worked out with you just briefly in studio one time. Uh, you're you're fit. Uh, that that's not a fight I'm picking with you. I'll tell you that right now. Well, uh, you, uh, this is the country we're fighting about. No, nah, we're fighting. We're, we're we're on. You know what? It's Team USA, right? You have Team yeah. Herschel. This is Team USA. I agree completely, my friend. Not All right, Herschel Walker. By the way, people want to read up on you. Where do they find you? They can go to TeamHersher.com, and I want them to come and be a part of TeamHersher.com. Let's get America back again. Let's get people by, uh, going, baby, to go to the store. Let's get this crime down. Let's quit spending money we don't have. Get our kids back in school. You can get it by going to TeamHersher.com. All right, my friend. Uh, look forward to seeing the game on Sunday. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. Hey, you're listening to the best of The Sean Hannity Show. We'll have more of your favorite guests, topics, and memorable moments. That's all coming up. You are listening to the best of The Sean Hannity Show. Sean Hannity talks to the people involved in the top stories of the day. Every day, Sean Hannity is on. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Now, we have pointed out and covered probably more than any other show in great detail and great specificity the spying that took place with Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton's bought and paid for dirty dossier, Russian dossier, with this information now totally debunked and used on four separate occasions in spite of all the warnings and admonitions that it was not verified. Now we know it's unverifiable. Uh, the people that signed off on those warrants uh, never verified the information, which means that they lied to the court. Nobody's been held accountable. And they used it to spy on candidate Trump, transition team Trump, and then later President Trump. Now we have this new spy scandal. And it doesn't matter all along the way when Donald Trump made the allegation that they spied on me. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my yeah, campaign. There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. And we can't put on things we can't they verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put look on say, things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. Now, this, this issue with Sussman is very different. Again, he's innocent until proven guilty. We always say that about anybody, but you make your own assumptions. He's being charged with lying to the FBI. And the when you look at the exact words of what Durham's court filings say, you know, about Michael Sussman, charged with lying to the FBI about his work on behalf of Hillary Clinton. And he was a lawyer at large at a large international law firm, Perkins Coie. 
and that he was serving as a counsel to the Clinton campaign. Uh, that is where he got himself into the trouble with James Baker. Uh, the document continues that the defendant, Mr. Sussman's billing records reflect that the campaign defendant repeatedly billed the Clinton campaign for his work and the defendant assembled and conveyed allegations about Donald Trump to the FBI and at least uh, on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive at a U.S. based Internet company and the Clinton campaign. And then that these allegations were, I know people have been quoting Cash Patel, it was not in Durham's filing, um, as was rightly pointed out by the New York Times for once. Uh, it's not, wasn't infiltrated. That was never used in, in the uh, filing of Durham. But they, quote, were exploited. In other words, the information that they obtained, exploited from Internet data mined, at, quote, a particular health care provider, Trump Tower, Donald Trump Central Park West Department Building, and the executive office of the President of the United States. In other words, they were mining and exploiting data from the Trump White House and Trump Tower, etc. And the filing, it goes on that the defendant further claimed that these lookups demonstrated that Trump and or his associates were using supposedly rare uh, Russian-made wireless phones in the vicinity of the White House and other locations. Uh, those claims about Trump and Russia were completely bogus. But the spying allegations detailed in the filing, well, they ring true to me based on what we already know. But that's going to be decided in a court of law, not by Sean Hannity. Um, but I will tell you, the the amazing thing about this is you've got a respected federal prosecutor and... Nobody in the media wants to cover this story. Now, here's how the media dismissed and were mocking Donald Trump for saying that he was spied on. Our conspiracy theory president is at it again. And uh, whenever something like this happens, I wonder, what are the president's sources of information? Where is he getting these ideas? The central conspiracy theory that animates Donald Trump's entire presidency that he was spied on. President Trump in a Twitter tirade accusing the former president of spying on him at Trump Tower by wiretapping phones, but offering no evidence or even what prompted those allegations. We have been living in, uh, really through the Trump campaign and uh, unto this hour, this alternative reality. The way that, pre that Donald Trump seems to think about what a president can do feels very Nixonian, that he has a much more inflated view of a president's powers for him to believe that a president could even, in theory, because the election is ongoing, and tap her tap the opponent of his preferred candidate. Uh, Trump's mind is a little bit of a mystery to me. So. <laughs> Okay, that's the mob, that's the media. Uh, our friend Doug Collins, former congressman from Georgia, and he's right, he made the statement, we need more answers from the Durham probe. Here's what he said. There's a lot of blanks, and I think that's the big, you've just hit on the perfect uh, reason that this investigation needs to continue, and we need more answers from it. This was just not a lawyer who was doing this on the side. This was groups that, that concertedly said, number one, we've got a terrible candidate, Hillary Clinton. We're not going to beat Donald Trump. We've got to tie him to Russia somehow and progress this narrative. But what disturbs me even more, Steve, though, is, is this kind of wiretapping, this kind of hacking is not something that would go unnoticed. So my question is, is, you know, why was there silence? Why is there uh, silence? 
response in the mainstream media. But also, are they also covering up for the fact that the intelligence community, DOJ, Comey, Strzok, Page, Orr, Clapper, Brennan, all of these who were complicit, did they know about it? If they knew about it, they kept it quiet. This is much bigger, and these questions need to be answered because we do not need a government working against us as we I think we saw during that time. We were bringing this out. It's yeah. now time to put the real players to test. I mean, this is getting very, very interesting. Now, uh, there was a six-page response to the filing of of, of John Durham, um, and basically saying that the you know that all this is is BS. Saying, "quote These allegations are irrelevant to the charge uh, offense and are plainly intended to politicize the case and flame media coverage and taint the jury pool." Uh, keep in mind, though, this isn't you know, a spying allegation that the Clinton uh, campaign is facing. What it sounds like to me, what I, I'm, I'm totally guessing and speculating here, it sounds like they're looking for a flip here. In other words, they're basically saying there might be more charges to come. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Durham responds to the response of Sussman. Again, innocent till proven guilty. I, I We stick by that rule under every set of circumstances. Uh, regardless of whether people like it or not. And it's just going to be, you know, interesting to watch and observe and find and and see. Um, anyway, Doug Collins is with us now, former congressman from Georgia. How are you, sir? I'm great, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, if the, the headline of Durham is simple. Now, if, and I say if he proves his case, uh, we know that the in the previous instance, and I don't, I don't know of any involvement in Sussman in that case, that the Clinton machine, we know they spied on Trump. Uh, we know that through the dirty dossier and how that was used by top officials in the intelligence community, FBI especially, uh, to lie to a FISA court. And they got FISA warrants that allowed a backdoor spying through Carter Page. Um, but if this is true and the pr case is proven, um, then the only conclusion I can come up with is that they spied on Trump. What's your take? It is. I mean, it's becoming more and more of a fact now. I think what you just said about flip is probably very true, whether Sussman is enough to, you know, enough evidence to flip or not, but he is involved in lying about issues surrounding this. Sean, the bigger issue is what the clip you played a few minutes ago and something you and I have talked about over the years is what was the involvement of the intelligence community and the DOJ. We know that this started uh, as a cover-up of Clinton's emails. We, we know that with the timing, we know when Strzok was in, involved, we know when this all began to form. And we also know now, uh, thanks to some declassified documents from John Ratcliffe and others, that uh, President Obama and Vice President Biden were uh, briefed on the plan by Clinton. So the question I have is, is was it a complicit act by the federal government during the Obama-Biden years? and the DOJ, all the way up into the Trump years. And if so, where is that part of the investigation at this point? And that's why, as you notice, I haven't heard Comey or Strzok or anybody else say a word in the past week or so. McKay, Baker, uh, maybe they're worried. And they, if it's true, they should be. It sounds like Durham, as slow as he's been, and I don't think he can get any slower, it sounds like he is at least indicating through this background filing and factual finding that he's going to present an assessment case, which is what this filing was all about, yep. that he's on to something much, much bigger 
than what was previously known that he was into or what he might have known. That's what it sounds like to me when I read Durham's filing. What do you read? Yeah, I do, too. I, I think because he has been, you know, talk about slow. I mean, glaciers move at a, at a faster pace. That's <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, especially, especially how much we've known, John, about this case. This is what makes it really interesting to me. It's how much we've known that we put out that, that you know, folks like Ratcliffe and Jordan and myself and, all we, and, and Nunez, we all put this stuff out. We were seeing it. We couldn't put the dots together because we didn't have the resources to do it. But we knew it was happening by what was coming out. I think. This is a interesting move by John Durham. He's not done this before. He sort of telegraphed ahead to what he's looked up and found, and I think it's, it's sending a signal across the board. If, if someone has not been cooperating, or someone has something that they want to, you know, come forward with now, now's your time. Because, I, and, and if you notice how he worded in his documents, he said, "We expect to prove." In other words, and Durham, I don't think would use those words unless he had the receipt, so to speak, on this. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's sending a message to those out there saying this is nowhere close to over. But he also knows he's dealing with a syndicate, so to speak, of the Clinton machine that is deeper than anything we've ever seen in I mean, that, modern political history. But the bottom line is is that they used a dossier that was not only full of lies, Hillary Clinton paid for it, but it's unverifiable because it's filled with lies. How come the people that signed off, very high-ranking people, for example, of the four FISA applications, James yeah. Comey signed off on three of them. Rod yeah. Rosenstein signed off on the last one. By that time, we had heard from the subsource, and I believe Steele even walked it back himself, but the subsource for the, the dossier or collection of documents that later became known as the dossier, that, in fact, the subsource said that, that was just bar talk. And we, that, that was never meant for public consumption. We were just we were just screwing around, you know, like two hookers urinating in Donald Trump's uh, room at the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow, which never happened. Yeah, I, I, that one has been the, the classic case, Sean, that I've not understood for years. How Comey, with his, you know, perceived Superman cape on, you know, saving the world, was actually messing over the world. Because he was sort of leading this, and you had McCabe, you had Strzok, you had Page, you had this whole little cabal at DOJ. Plus, now that we found out even more, the complicitness of the intelligence community with Brennan and Clapper, why they've never been charged is, is a mystery to me. I don't know if they're hold, if maybe Durham or others are holding out to say, you know, we're going to bring this in in a different route. But that one is the one that makes people really sit back, your listeners, folks that we listed all the time, they sit back and they say there's two systems of justice in this country. The ones, I mean, he, if those were things that should have never happened and yet have never been charged. So my only hope is, is maybe with his last filing, is that there's going to be some uh, resolution to those outstanding issues. Um, but, I mean, look, it's, it's amazing what you saw when even when McCabe got fired and others to get their, you know, uh, what DOJ does to protect its own. All right, quick break. More with former congressman uh, from Georgia, Doug Collins, as we continue. Broadcasting throughout the greatest country in the world. You are locked in on the Sean Hannity Show. show, 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 show. Let's- 
All right, more with Doug Collins, former congressman from the great state of Georgia. The biggest thing that scares me in this country right now is a dual justice system. And I am very, very concerned. I don't believe we have equal justice anymore in this country under the law. I don't believe we have equal application of justice in this country under the law. Uh, I think we have a dual justice system. I mean, you can see it. You know, if you're a conservative and you're jaywalk or spit on the sidewalk, you're going to get 10 years in jail. If you're Hillary Clinton, you can pretty much get away with anything. If you're part of the Biden family syndicate, you could pretty much get away with anything. Because I can tell you this, Doug Collins, that if it was anybody with the last name Trump that did a deal with China, $1.5 billion with the Bank of China, and according to Peter Schweitzer's new book, that they also raked in another $31 million from China, if the Trump family took in $3.5 million from uh, a Russian oligarch, the first lady, former first lady of Moscow. If Donald Trump was on tape, he was the vice president and said, you're not getting a billion dollars until you fire that prosecutor investigating my son who's being paid millions with no experience at all whatsoever. Uh, I think there'd be a very different reaction. And and the fact is, there's not only a different reaction in terms of media, because they would be breathlessly reporting every aspect of it, but also in terms of justice under the law. Well, exactly, Sean. You've hit it perfectly. My my question is, it just just switch the names: Don Jr. and Hunter Biden, or Eric Trump and, and uh, Hunter Biden. It is a completely different standard. And, and Sean, I'm beginning to wonder. They bought this line so heavily after after November 2016. They had also invested in Hillary and were so devastated that Donald Trump won that the media basically sold its soul, and now cannot find a place of repentance to come back and say, look. We still don't like Donald Trump, but we were wrong in these areas, and we went with it. But they just continue, and they believe the old adage, if you lie long enough, people will begin to say it's the truth. The problem is, and the hope is, for some of us who still believe in the possibility of justice here, is that this Durham filing, these Durham latest announcements, although they've been deathly silent on it, they can at some point be silent on it because hopefully you know, the indictments are going to come and the truth is going to be revealed. All right, Doug Collins, former congressman, great state of Georgia. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. More of the best of the Sean Hannity Show coming up. 